0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Bluewire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: My planet Arrakis is so beautiful when the sun is low. Rolling over the sands, you can see spice in the air. The outsiders ravage our lands in front of our eyes. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known.
0: What's to become of our world? (laughs)
2: <laughs> hey, Duncan,
3: can I trust you with something?
2: Yes, always, you know that. I've been having dreams about a girl on Arrakis. I don't know what it means. Dreams make good stories. but Everything important happens when we're awake. Hey, you? you. Want some muscle? I did. No. We are House Atreides. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. Smile, Gurney. I am smiling. The Emperor asks us to bring peace to Arrakis. House Atreides accepts! I know you.
1: There's something
2: awakening in my mind. You need to face
1: your fears. Come with me.
2: Before they're not human, they're brutal. The Duke's son that he sees too much. This is my Dune kill them all. God in heaven, get everything with guns off the ground. Go! This is an extermination, they're taking my family off one by one. Let's
4: fight like demons. Dad, what if I'm not the future of House Atreides?
0: A great man doesn't seek to lead. He's called to it. But if your answer is no,
2: you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. My son. If anything happens Will you protect Paul? With my life
1: Only together can we stand a chance For this bonus episode of Final Review, we are here to talk about Dune, the 2021 version of Dune, which is adapted from the 1965 sci-fi novel of the same name by Frank Herbert, considered one of the greatest and most influential science fiction novels of all time. This is not a remake of the David Lynch film in 1984, however... There will be a lot of comps and many a review out there to how David Lynch did it and how this director, Denis Villeneuve, who you'll know from Sicario and Arrival and Blade Runner 2049, it stars Timothy Chalamet and Dea Kinda, uh, Jason Momoa, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, and many characters in costumes and makeup, I want you to go first on this, Oz. What was your thoughts on it? Because I, I, I'm gonna assume that I, I don't think we've talked about Dune yet, as far as the old, the original IP and what it means to you. I guess I'll ask you that first. Were you a fan of the book or the 1984 film? And then as a result, what was your thoughts on seeing this movie, Dune 2021?
4: So I'm, I'm not a hardcore fan of Dune. I've read the book. I read the book when I was probably, a, a, I don't know, 10 or 12 years old when you know, I, I was turning to sci-fi in my youth. I, I read it then. I read some of those quite bad Modern remakes, like after Frank Herbert died and the guy who wrote a bunch of Star Wars books started writing Dune books with Frank Herbert's son. I read some of those. I've seen the Lynch movie, not recently, but I've seen the Lynch movie a number of times. I I quite fondly remember Patrick Stewart in the the Lynch movie. But this is not this is not a, a thing. This is not a James Bond thing for me, where I'm a, a deep cut expert and worship at the shrine of Dune. I, I recognize that it's a very important tome in sci fi literature. I recognize the ways that it is uh, attempting to subvert the you know one true hero messiah narrative. Uh, this, this to me was a huge event because I love Denis Villeneuve. I, I think he is, uh, though perhaps a bit emotionally cold in his filmmaking. He's a fascinating, um, visual stylist. He, he works for me. I think the way that Christopher Nolan works for many other people and less me, um, <laughs> I, I think, I think he, he is wonderful. My, my reaction to the movie is a little bit complicated overall. I, I think it is one of the one of the great achievements of modern cinema as a world building exercise, I think it looks incredible. I think there's a, a tactile sense to the backgrounds, the ships, the costumes that we don't get anymore. I love the MCU, but everything in the MCU is is CGI gobbledygook, and here everything feels so much more lived in. It feels more alive. It feels more thought through, and I. I I really appreciate that about it, but I'll say the first it's a two and a half hour movie. The first hour or so felt like a cliff note game of Thrones to me. It felt very rushed an awful lot of exposition. Holy fuck. And I've read the book and seen the other movie. There are a lot of names and a lot of worlds and a lot of things. And it's all told in not all that compelling exposition. And you get, um, I think in the first ten minutes of Lord of the Rings, in the first ten minutes of Lord of the Rings, they have Kate Blanchett like read the history of Middle earth and everyone's like Oh boy, what did I just sign up for three hours of? And then that stuff disappears and you're like, this movie is fucking great. Here, I felt like it took about an hour and it's when the Javier Bardem character shows up for the first time in the movie where it clicked for me. And all of a sudden there was a little bit of humor. There was a little bit of life. And that for me is when it went from being this sort of austere museum piece to something where I was like, I am in, this is great. How about yourself? What did you think? What's your relationship to the the Dune cinematic universe?
1: Okay, so here's what I'll say. Because I had no prior attachment to the original source material, I almost didn't know what movie I watched when I left the theater, and this score, my score was so much lower. Then I went home, did my research, did the did the weekies, did the plot synopsis of both the book and excuse me of, of the book and of the movie I just watched. And by the time I got done, I turned to my girlfriend. I was like. Oh, that was a good movie. I would have loved to have watched that. I would have loved to watch this. What I just read, which lends me to think the book would actually be the way you take this in, or a well thought out miniseries would the way be the way you take this in. And as a result, I I leave kind of cold from this movie. While like, I I want to be more positive because the visuals in this movie are unreal. Like the the. Multiple attack scenes, every single scene in the desert with the sandworms, um, the actual um, uh, coup that happens in the middle of this movie when they come back and take over the the Arrakis plant where they've moved to. A lot of the performances are strong. And yet, yeah, I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I dozed off a couple times in the first hour. And yet every time I woke up, I still had hours more to go. Which is a frustrating thing to say about a movie of this scale, Oz. I, I
4: honestly, I, I want to, I want to crack back and defend it just instinctively because I, it's become this sort of touch point of cinema in the theaters is, is Dune, and I just, I, I don't have it in me. I, I don't really disagree. I think some of the scenes, and look, you got to get buy in in these goofy worlds and the first time Stellan Skarsgård shows up in his fat suit I was like what the fuck is going on and yeah. I, I know I know what a Harkonnen is like this is not a, a thing that's outside my experience and I was just like what the fuck I, I thought you know p- part of it too is that the folk a lot of the actors people who I like elsewhere are kind of awkward in the opening scenes as well like like I think Dave Batista is a splendid little character actor and I think he seems Lost. I think his line readings are 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 quite bad here, as opposed to Blade Runner twenty forty nine, where he's in the opening scene there, and I think his scene is the best part of that entire movie. And I I just sort of struggled with that, and I I didn't I didn't know what to make of it. And it seems like Dune exists in this weird place on the internet where you're either you either have to revere it as the savior of true cinema. Or else you're you're somehow like apostatizing the the movie theater experience apostatizing, and I just I I can't I can't come down there. I, I just it, if someone were like I tried really hard and I just could not buy into this world. I think I I think I would get where they're coming from because really for me it it wasn't until there was a sense of humor for a moment that this thing that this thing perked up and Javier Bardem shows up and starts starts delivering these line readings that are are totally different than everybody else and makes the thing come alive and it seems as though that like triggers Momoa to come alive it makes Timmy be better and more emotional you know I'll say I, to to quibble again and we should start saying some nice stuff about it um as well again here's another
1: visually stunning that's the best thing I can say about it visually one of the best things I've ever seen
4: here you know here's another thing uh, one of the best things about these sort of big epics and it's uh, People are comparing it to Star Wars and people are comparing it to Lord of the Rings. Those are sort of the the obvious lazy comps here. Lord of the Rings spends a hell of a lot more time on its characters' internal lives. You spend a long time learning about the Shire, not from voiceover, but from watching people interact in the Shire. You get a, you get a perspective on Bag End and how the Bag Ends live life. You have Luke Skywalker complaining about going to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. There's almost nothing in this movie aside from one sort of intimate scene between Oscar Isaac and Rebecca Ferguson that shows these characters have any internal life beyond what's required of them as plot device drivers and there's a there's very little humanity in a way that reminds me of the last season or two of Game of Thrones where it's action has to happen action has to happen action has to happen action has to happen and not enough time is spent on human moments. And there are some good scenes. There's a, a sand cave scene with Timmy and Rebecca Ferguson, which is quite lovely. Um, obviously, everything Bardem does here is is quite great. But they're not enough time. And really, Momoa, who I think was kind of my MVP of the movie, surprisingly, because I, I don't think much of him as an actor otherwise, are, are the only like people who seem like like fully realized Things that exist as something more than devices to move this grand world and giant political architecture forward.
1: There is the Gom Jabbar scene with uh, Charlotte Rampling that I found effective, where Timothy Chalamet's Paul character has to pass a test uh, by putting his hand in a box. While they're in a library Oz and uh that's a that's a thing that happened, and he, she's got a poison needle at his neck, and then he uh uh passes the test and that I found effective. It was like oh wow that I think i I know what's happening at the moment, and yet the rest of the movie um yeah, I don't want to be that guy that's like this felt pretentious at times, like this was an overindulgence of design and style over substance, but there's just like all of the flashbacks to him and Zendaya. I only know that there's oh, that that's the other part. He's having visions Tim Timothy Chalamet's character throughout the movie of what's going to happen in the future. He's having Premonitions and he's it's Zendaya in slow motion in the desert. And the only reason that means anything to me as somebody who has no idea about the source material is because it's Zendaya. Like, I know who that actress is. I don't know who this character is supposed to be. And she's barely in this movie. Yet, somebody that's read the book will know that this is uh, Chani, a young Fremen woman uh, and Paul's love interest. Yes, that is a thing that I wrote down, Oz. I- You know, let let me defend it
4: a little bit. And I I actually don't think the movie makes this clear, but it's coming. And I guess this is a light spoiler, but the visions and dreams are not meant to be viewed as literally as most other movies treat them. I think you're 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 teased to this a little bit on how things work out with the with the Duncan Idaho, the Jason Momoa character in this movie. And without getting into spoilers, because you, you all have, what, 28 more days to see it on HBO Max before it disappears for three months and comes back. Um, it, it, it's, at least in the Herbert original, and I think where this is going, it's smarter about what these visions mean or don't mean. And it is very much trying to subvert and play around with this one true hero messiah storytelling the problem is that the half of the story they've told and i can't imagine anywhere else they could have broken up the story doesn't really let you get there so you're left with and i'm stealing this line from somebody else i can't remember who to give them credit but you're left with timothy chalamet dreaming perfume commercials of zendaya uh, as her hair waves in slow motion in the desert and it's it's a little bit of a, a tough beat emotionally. I, I'll say the, there's the if you thought the first one was epic, the second one has way, way more going on. It's way bigger, and I I think we're going to get it, and I think it's going to be more emotionally fulfilling. I hope, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it really it it is it is kind of cold, and I think it does more than most movies require a, a homework assignment to to feel a connection you, you went home, you left the movie and said, eh, and yeah, then you literally went home had to and go do homework. <laughs> you did your homework and we're like, all right, I think better of that. And I'll bet like the third time you see this movie at some point down the line, you're going to be like, yeah, fuck, that's pretty good. When it's already kind of, you know, incepted in your mind at that point.
1: So this is where the added benefit of HBO max actually helped. Cause I was able to then go back and look at some of the Stellan scars guard scenes and look at some of the interactions that Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson have. And the actual takeover that happens when the betrayal happens in the the third, I guess the the middle second act of this movie, this movie doesn't have three acts. It has like seven and they're all 45 minutes long. Um, when all these things happen, you're able to just go through and pick up on some lines that you missed. Yeah, I mean, I, I came away thinking I'd rather read the book, which I don't know if that makes the story better, because I think the, the meat is actually there. And I think because like I'm coming from a Lord of the Rings Game of Thrones background, a world like that. But like, if you only saw Infinity War and didn't see the rest of the MCU, there's clearly some holes in there that you're not going to. No, like, why is it important that Cap hasn't seen Tony? Like, why are Captain America and Iron Man not on screen together? They clearly seem to be the more important characters. And there's clearly some nods to people that appreciate the original IP that someone like me that came in without that are not going to be able to identify. And as a result, the movie on its own doesn't work as well.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: I feel like I've been a little too negative, though, because I cannot stress this Me enough. Yeah. One of the more stunning visual movies. I like I'm hesitant to say it because I love what Deacons does in 2049. But there are shots in this movie I've just never seen before. And it's not even just like the production design of the ocean planet and then the sand planet, like even just like shots of them. Running toward the spacecraft carrier to get away, like even that is unreal. The visual effects of the sandworm, the the butthole worms. Okay, we'll just call it like it is. Okay, those are pretty menacing when actually seen, not in the trailer and established in the movie. Uh, yeah, this this movie is really really pretty to look at, which I think for me, even as someone that was kind of bored when I would wake up at times, that was like, yeah, that's. That's a pretty impressive filmmaking, if anything, you know? Uh,
4: Yeah, you know, I'll say that the cast, I I know I I beat up on Batista a little bit, but in general, I think the cast is very strong and is selling the hell out of these lines. It's not, I don't blame Oscar Isaac that his character is a little stayed here, because there is, you know, there's like a touching father-son moment tossed in that I think think works. Um, And I think he's just wonderful everywhere. I think Rebecca Ferguson is quite good here. I think momoa they've somehow managed to bottle his charisma thing and put it in a movie that's not a zack snyder movie and thus is more worthy of your time beat
1: me to it uh, i was actually i actually wrote down a, some of the sequences the dream sequences i felt like i was watching a snyder movie which is not <laughs> but like the good kind like if there is a good kind of snyder movie i felt like i was watching a very you're, you're watching a zombie movie i know right no i i felt like at certain times during the slow motion dream sequences, I was like, all right, Zack Snyder's on my screen, but I'm not like, it's not dark. You know what I'm saying? Like I actually can see what's going on on screen, you know? Uh, but
4: yeah, all the, all the, all the cast is really strong and you have, you have like, you have really good actors who are showing up for, you know, two minutes and four lines use someone like Stephen McKinley Henderson, who's, who's a really, really good character actor. Like Josh Brolin is here and has very little to do except scowl. And he's good at scowling. Um, I just, and Charlotte Rampling, you mentioned in what is probably the best scene in the book and the best scene in the Lynch movie and the best scene in this movie, um, also comes up for three minutes. I guess they're making a spinoff series about the Benny Gesserit. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, or a spinoff TV show on HBO Max um, because Warner Brothers has a gross, vile corporate policy that every tentpole movie they make needs to have a spinoff property for HBO Max now.
1: Do I need, to go do, be like th- do I need to go do
4: research for that too? Jeez. Probably. There's going to be like three Batman TV shows. Um,
1: yay. So I actually, thing, I I actually like, would watch that, so I'm okay with that.
4: They're, they're doing another Gotham Police Department show, and there might be a Penguin spinoff oh show, <laughs> um, which also the original Gotham TV show was basically a penguin spinoff in the later years. Um, the other thing I would say is that the Hans Zimmer score for this is fucking awesome. It's, it's really, really cool. It, it captures this sort of alien world feel in an effective way. It doesn't sound like every other Hans Zimmer score does in recent years. I think it's very, very good.
1: So a couple things I agree with you on is the cast. Um, I, Still in Skarsgard, while Fat Suit and all, I thought he was unrecognizable. And it took a while before I realized, oh, that's the professor from uh <laughs> pick a pick a thing he's a professor in, whether it be uh Chernobyl or Avengers or Thor, uh, or if you want to say he's uh, uh Will Turner's dad, bootstrap Bill Turner and the Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, I gotta give my Pirates of the Caribbean movie some love. Um I, he's unrecognizable until you actually like stare at one shot of uh, Vladimir Harkonnen, the Baron of House Harkonnen, until you actually get a shot. It's like, oh, it's still on Scar's Guard. He's unrecognizable. It's awesome. Um, he's menacing. And some of the things that happen from his character's perspective and some of the actions that he, ta- he does are effective. Um, Josh Brolin, this may just be a, a mental thing I'm personally getting over, but. I I heard Thanos in a lot of his line readings and then at one point he actually on screen has like more to do. So like in the in the fight the training scene with with Chalamet, I was like okay, that's Josh Brolin, that's this character, like Thanos is gone. But originally when he pops up on screen and reacts responds to something Oscar Isaac says, I was like all right, Thanos Let's see. Can you disappear into this character? I am smiling. Yes. (laughs) It's like I I was waiting for him to turn to Chalamet while during training and just go, in time, you'll know what it's (laughs) like to lose, you know? Um, I need to say something about Timothy Chalamet. You don't like Christian Bale performances and you you just- I like some. but But there are actors, some actors that just don't work for you, right? I think Rami Malek might be one of those for me. I'm starting to get there a little bit with with Chalamet, where I see the whiny kid from "Call Me by Your Name" or Lady, not not Ladybird, because he's he's supposed to be the opposite. He's the of punk what he kid, is. yeah. Right, he's the punk kid, but I see that young punk in these more serious roles. That Netflix movie, "The King," from a couple That's years, very,
4: very bad, yeah. right?
1: Like uh, I didn't see i I saw a kid pretending to be a king. And that which I guess is like the point of the movie. But even here, I I didn't I didn't buy it as much as I probably should have that he was supposed to have this importance for being the main guy that can carry this. Some of his posture, some of his facial expressions, it just it didn't work as well. And it might just be a personal thing with this actor that I need him not so covered up in all of this fantasy and and period piece, and and whatever you want to call the Dune world, that it doesn't work for me as much. I don't know. I'm going to say this didn't happen for you, though.
4: One of the things I, I liked about the movie, particularly the second half, is that Villeneuve seems to let the actors do what they want. And I find that... Uh, and it's this isn't a criticism, because I really like the movies, but Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, Prisoners, all of the performances are locked in sort of the same key. And here you have a movie where Jason Momoa is doing like pure fan service, uh blockbuster quipping sort of entertainment. You have Shalome and Zendaya doing their sort of emo mope around millennial performance you, you everyone is kind of getting into the gear. Bardem is doing his sort of over the top, you know, dominate the screen thing, and that's it's good. Um he's letting them all influenced the tone of the movie in a positive way, I think. But I will say there's, there's a thing for me, and I, I hear where you're coming from with Shalomet, with Zendaya, um, this sort of underacting um, unreality thing that's happening with a lot of these, and I guess technically they're Gen Z movie stars, that I too struggle with there's a there's almost a a, i'm too cool for this vibe that i get from chalamet sometimes that that totally works and is fine in call me by your name or ladybird or any number of his little women any number of his good performances but feels too modern in an off-putting way in this in the king as you mentioned in some of the more like you know classic movie star roles and i think we're getting and i'm not sure exactly why we're getting these indie train like indie wannabe actors giving indie style performances in big blockbuster movies we we just recently recorded a bonus episode for the last duel and part of the appeal of the last duel is seeing movie stars giving movie star performances in a big epic 100 million dollar movie. And I don't think Chalamet is capable of giving a movie star performance. Now I'm not sure that Dune necessarily needs a movie star performance, but he's not doing a movie star performance here. It's very it's very much a sort of emo A twenty four inspired performance in a movie that might well have benefited from someone who's happy to go a little bit bigger.
1: Which look, in the A twenty four world this that type of character works, as you said. This it felt like he needed to be a little more charismatic. And I just I never felt like this is the guy that's going to be like the Luke Skywalker of this world, the Jon Snow that we're all attached to. And I, I just it might just be something I'm, I'm, I'm glad you see my what I'm where I'm coming from. I but do. This is now like consecutive performances from him where it's like, yeah, I, I see the kid that's just. Riding bikes and, like, slouching in Call Me By Your Name. That's that's all I got from you, Chalamet. Um, Hans Zimmer's score is good. It did get a little Inception-y at a time where I hear the same chord over and over again, especially in a two-and-a-half-hour movie. That da 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 It's like, all right, we get it, Villeneuve. You really like this score. We get it. Um, okay, we should get to the scores. Speaking of score, I'm a... Uh, did you like that transition, or are you not looking I did. forward to it? Okay. No, no,
4: I, I, am cringing at having to put it. I, I I'm, I'm increasingly heel turning on the, the rubric of numbers and scores because I think it, this is like a 14 out of 10 in my like lizard objective analysis of how a movie is made brain and like a four out of 10 in the storytelling emotional component. So I, I don't know. Let's call it a strong seven.
1: Okay. So then I'll be the heel on this right now. It's a five out of 10 for me. I don't know if I'm ever going to watch this again, other than the night before I go see Dune 2. I I have no... I will say, though, both my girlfriend and I are intrigued by the book. So maybe once I get the book, dive into it, I have the way that these movies... As long as this movie took, maybe I have three years before the second one comes out. So knowing that, I have time. But there's... It felt like a chore to sit through that I think... Now that I have the visuals in my head from watching the movie... The book might fill in more of the gaps from a storytelling storytelling and a world building perspective that the book that the movie didn't that I can get there. You know, I don't have to like with like with Harry Potter, all the world building that is goes on in the books. You know, it complements the movies well, but you could watch the movies alone and be fine. Whereas with Dune, I really think you need to have an appreciation and an attachment to the source material in order to appreciate it, which is unfortunate. Um. Okay. I think. Do is there anything else we need to add from Dune? Uh, Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Strangely, no. Usually, are usually you, I have. Are I, you one hundred percent we're getting a Dune
4: two? I would. I would. Well, let me say this: movies are announced that don't happen all the time. Like this, I I don't know why this is coming up in my mind, but the Barbie movie is evidently actually happening now with with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling and Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig are writing it. Greta Gerwig is directing it. They've (laughs) they've turned it into a criterion collection movie, but um, that thing has gone through like nine different versions before it actually happened. And they first announced it. There was an Amy Schumer version and an Anne Hathaway version. It's a long winded way of saying, I think we're 100% getting a formal announcement of a new Dune movie on Monday morning when the box office receipts come in because it's done fairly well. And I think it will happen, but I would bet either of my children, um, especially the one that I'm more annoyed at right now, (laughs) that we get an announcement in the next couple of days Does it actually happen? I'd say about 75% chance it
1: happens. That's fair. Okay, that'll do it for our review of Dune. If you dug this episode, please head over to iTunes and drop a five-star rating and a review. Really helps the show. Really appreciate it. If you're going to see Dune, this will be my last recommendation. Please see it on the biggest screen possible. Don't just go see it on HBO Max. I didn't even love the movie and I still walked away very visually stimulated by what was going on in IMAX. So that is my final recommendation here for the pod. As always, thank you for listening. Stay safe out there and tune in next time for another final review.
2: mypatriotsupply.com